Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. gentlemen, thank you for standing by. Welcome to the Quebec Rank Financial Result for the first quarter. As a reminder, you may queue up to ask a question anytime during the call by pressing 7 pound. To withdraw your question, press 7 pound again. Thank you. I would like to introduce Hughes Simard, Chief Financial Officer of Quebec Inc. Please go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this Quebecois conference call. My name is Hugues Simard, I'm the Chief Financial Officer, and joining me to discuss our financial and operating results for the first quarter of 2021 are Pierre-Carl Pelado, our President and CEO, and Jean-François Pruneau, President and CEO of Vidéotron. Anyone unable to attend the conference call will be able to listen to a recording by telephone or webcast. Access details will be posted on the Quebecois website within 24 hours following this call. The recording will be available until August 11th. I also want to inform you that certain statements made on the call may be considered forward-looking, and we would refer you to the risk factors outlined in today's press release and reports filed by the corporation with regulatory authority. Let's now move on to our first speaker, Pierre-Carl Merci, Hugues, uh, and good afternoon, everyone. Uh, I'm pleased to report another strong quarter of resilience, discipline execution, and steadily improving operational results for Quebecal, despite the continuing impacts of the global pandemic on the economy, as we delivered growth of 3.7% in our consolidated EBITDA and 4.3% in our cash flow from operations. Our telecom operations perform well in all segments. In wireless, our two brands combined grab once again the highest market share of both ads, ads in a highly competitive environment, continuing to deliver double-digit growth in revenues and EBITDA, while managing to control the conjectural impact on ABPU. Our fifth brand continued its upward path both in wireless and broadband, contributing to almost doubling our net ads in internet this quarter. Our Enix platform will also fuel our strong wireline performance, delivering again more than 100,000 new clients this quarter. Our media segment was of course impacted by the postponement of the NHL season to the first quarter, which led to higher programming costs at TVS Fall on a quarter-quarter comparison. That being said, we are encouraged by the improving performance of advertising revenues and comforted in our number one position in Quebec with a 39.4% audience market share and several highly popular shows such as Les Beaux-Malaises and Star Academy which attracted average audience of 1.7 and 1.4 million viewers, respectively. On 
On the regulatory front, we're pleased with the CRTC decision allowing facility-based MVNOs as it confirms the importance of maintaining healthy competition in all regions of Canada through a strong, well-funded, and viable fourth wireless competitor, which invariably leads to lower prices for consumers, as we ourselves clearly demonstrated in Quebec. Speaking of uh, strong four players, it's imperative that a competition bureau and other regulatory authorities act sensibly and consistently with respect to the recently announced acquisition of Shaw by Rogers to ensure that the important competitive role played by Freedom Wireless in Ontario and the West provinces continues through the sales of these assets to an experienced and proven operator who will ensure the long-term viability and success of a fourth competitor in these key markets so that prices can continue to come down for Canadian consumers. Another CRTC ruling regarding access to Bell support structures, a topic we have brought up numerous times in the recent past, was finally published on April 16 and was unique vocal. Bell has contravened numerous regulations and devil we'll do this happen deliberately violated the Telecom Telecommunication Act. Clearly this anti competitive behavior which had been denounced by Videotron and many other industry stakeholders must stop. We have heard many empty promises in the last few weeks. It is now time to walk the talk. Finally, we are happy with the recent high-speed operation government program initiative for which Videotron committed to connect more than 37,000 underserved households. The highest allotment of in our footprint and as a testament to Videotron expertise and ability to carry out large-scale projects. And I will now let Ug review our consolidated financial results. Merci, Quebecor's revenues were up 3% in the quarter to $1.09 billion. Revenues from our telecom segment grew 4.5% to $914 million and revenues from our media segment remain stable at $175 million. Quebecor's EBITDA was up 4% to $453 million. Our telecom segment recorded EBITDA growth of 3.5% to $451 million, while our media segment recorded an EBITDA of $1 million, a $3 million decrease. We reported a net income attributable to shareholders of $121 million in the quarter, or $0.49 cents a share, compared with net income of $132 or $0.52 cents per share reported in the same quarter last year. The decrease is explained by an unfavorable variance in the valuation of financial instruments, most notably our convertible debenture, partially offset by an increase in adjusted EBITDA. Adjusted income from continuing operations, excluding unusual items and gains or losses on valuation of financial instruments, came in at $130 million, or $0.52 cents per share, 
compared with an adjusted income of 112 or 44 cents per share in the same quarter last year. Our cash flow from operations in the first quarter of 2021 increased by $13 million or 4% to $308 million, once again demonstrating the resilience and strength of Quebecor's business model. Our financial profitability, propelled by the strong returns from our telecom segment, remains very solid. As at the end of the quarter, our net, to e- our net debt to EBITDA ratio was 2.67 times down from 2.8 times reported at the end of the last quarter of, of the first quarter rather of last year and comparing very favorably to our telecom peers. Thanks to the success of our recent financing where Videotron issued $650 million of senior unsecured notes in the Canadian uh, high yield market yielding 3.125 or 3.18%, our available liquidities of $2.6 billion positions us favorably for the upcoming spectrum auctions and the maturities of our notes. In the quarter, we purchased and canceled 2.6 million Class B shares for a total investment of more than $84 million. Since we initiated our NCIB 10 years ago, approximately 43.3 million Class B shares have been purchased and canceled. As we have demonstrated in the past, our financial position remains healthy and solid, enabling us to pursue very successfully, our business strategy. I will now let JF review our telecom segments operations. Thank you, Rick, and uh, good afternoon, everyone. I hope that uh, everyone is well and staying safe during these uh, challenging times as we enter into the third wave of the pandemic. Our focus obviously remains on keeping our employees safe as they continue to work from home while providing the best and safest conditions for our customers and our colleagues on site. On April 1st, we announced the acquisition of Cablo Vision Warwick. We are pleased to join forces with a well-established cable company in the Centre du Québec region. Cablo Vision Warwick is recognized for its excellent customer service and its value proximity with local families and businesses. We plan to upgrade its existing infrastructure in order to offer our state-of-the-art residential and business services. Before I get into our results for the quarter, I also wish to highlight that Videotron was awarded the most admired telecommunication company in Quebec for the 16th consecutive year, according to Léger's 2021 Reputation Study. This recognition reiterates the privileged place that our organization has in the lives of Quebecers, and we are more than ever dedicated to to pursuing our vision of being the partner of their connected life. For the first quarter of 2021, we posted a solid performance in wireline despite the continued sluggish economic conditions. We recorded 11,000 broadband subscriber growth, 75, 75% higher than last year in this seasonally slowest quarter of the year, and managed to reduce video sub decline thanks to our new Helix platform. For a third consecutive quarter, 100,000 customers signed up to our Helix service bringing us to 827,000 video and broadband subscribers as of April 30th. Having not yet stopped selling our legacy video and internet services, we're pleased to witness that close to eight new video customers out of 10 choose to subscribe to Helix, whereas it is close to nine new internet customers out of 10 who choose Helix, greatly beneficial to our churn rates. The Helix platform continues to evolve, 
we officially launched our auto install option in March, thereby giving our customers more autonomy and safety over the installation process. I am proud to report that we get very good satisfaction ratings thus, thus far, with a satisfaction rate of 87% from clients who selected auto install. During the quarter, we also added new home automation partners to our Elixify app, including major brands such as Lutron, LifeX, and others, adding further functions around light and indoor temperature control. The vast majority of our productions have resumed, allowing us to continue creating rich content for Clubico subscribers. In the first quarter, we launched more exclusive content, including Portrait Robot, Enfant Oublié, La Preuve, and Patrick Senecal Présent. We have also begun filming Les Honorables 2 in April and finished filming La Faille 2 as planned. Of interest to our loyal subscribers, many original and exclusive content are to be launched in the third and the fourth quarter of 2021. On the wireless front, we posted 22,000 net ads during the quarter, our growth being impacted by a complete lockdown and closed stores for the first half of the quarter, resulting in slower market activity throughout the quarter. Nonetheless, we once again led the market with a 30.5% market share of growth head and churn was flat year over year. Our total market share in Quebec now stands just shy of 21% and still growing. Wireless ABPU declined 3.2% in the quarter, one half explained by COVID travel-related restrictions and the other half explained by the diluted impact of FIS. However, both Vidodrome Mobile and FIS exhibited year-over-year -year ABPU growth, which will translate in total ABPU growth once the proportion of FIS customers in our total base stabilizes. Despite aggressive handset cost promotion from our rivals, we also managed to keep cost of acquisition and cost of renewals well under control, therefore balancing customer growth and operating income growth. During the quarter, FIS officially introduced its assets offering, testing an innovative external financing business model and opening up a new addressable market for FIS. While the pandemic brought its share of challenges, we also tested new operating model. For instance, teleworking is appreciated by our employees and will remain in place beyond the sanitary crisis. We expect that 60%, 6-0, of our employees will integrate some kind of teleworking post-pandemic, which will result in a reduction of 75% of our office space rent expense. As for our financials, overall, we posted solid revenue growth of 4.5% to $914 million, driven primarily by wireless and internet services, as well as equipment sales. We recorded EBITDA growth of 3.5% to $451 million. Cash flow from operations grew $10 million to $313 million. CapEx spending increased 4% of $5 million to $138 million, in line with guidance. This increase is primarily explained by our LTE Advanced 5G rollout. Wireless CapEx increased by $19 million year-over-year year to $43 million. Let me now turn the floor back to Pierre Cal for a conclusion. 
Merci, uh, uh, Jean-François. As a matter of fact, uh, I would like uh, to take uh, this uh, opportunity to thank you, GF, for your important and uh, loyal contribution to Quebec or success over the years, both as uh, CFO and uh, more recently as president of Dotron. We've been working together very closely in uh, you know, happy time and sometimes uh, of a tough time, and uh, we succeeded all together with the entire team to, to be where we are today. Um, we will miss you, and uh, I sincerely wish you uh, the very best for in your future endeavors. Looking ahead, uh, the team of Québécois, Vidotron, TVA, and all our divisions are focused on continuing to build the momentum to deliver consistent and disciplined execution, growing cash flow, and thus continuing to strengthen our solid balance sheet. I thank you for your attention, and we will now open the lines for questions. Operator. All right, um, ladies and gentlemen, just uh, if you'd like to ask a question, please press seven pound on your phone. Again, that's seven pound. To withdraw your question, press seven pound again. Our first question is from Mr. Jack Pan. Go ahead, please. Thank you, and uh, good afternoon, everyone. And let me just um, express my thank you to JF as well for all the years of partnership. It's been a long journey, and all the best in your new, next chapter. Um, my question, um, I, I guess there are two questions. One is just around FIS and the Videotron brands and how they contribute to um, your wireless net ads. I'm just wondering if, uh, if FIS continues to, to take a, a larger share or making a larger share of contribution to net ads or gross ads over time to keep you in that 30% you know, gross ads. Um, and, and how, and whether, and whether there is gonna be a lapping or, or stabilizing of that Base, whether FIS just kind of continues to take a bigger, bigger share of the of your total base, and and the second question is really um, a bigger picture around national wireless expansion. Expansion. I think everyone on the call is well aware that there may be some divestures coming out of the Rogers Shaw transaction. Um, it feels like deja vu. Um, you guys have looked at this many, many years ago. I'm just wondering if you can share some insights on on comparing and contrasting how this possible exercise may look different compared to the last time you looked at this uh, back in 2014. Thank you. All right. I'll, uh, I'll start with the first uh, part of the question, and uh, I guess that Pierre-Carl will take the follow the, the second one. Uh, well, thank you uh, for your words, uh, Jeff. Uh, um, in, in terms of uh, 
In terms of uh, the, the proportion of the share of FIS in our, in our total base and whatnot, well, the first thing that I would say is, uh, is uh, when you look at the share of growth ads um, year over year, and, and it's been very, very constant or very consistent um, for both FIS and Videotron Mobile. So as you mentioned, in total, we're 30 plus. We're 30 plus this quarter. We've been uh, 30 plus for three out of four quarters last year. Um, and uh, but but when you look at the, the share of growth ads uh, for FIS specifically or for Vidotron Mobile brand specifically, it's very constant over time. So it's not taking a bigger share. The thing is, with respect to the ABP growth, is is obviously uh, you know over two thirds of our subscribers or new subscribers are either FIS or BYUD right now, and our total base is not yet you know, stabilizing. So there's, a, you know, an increasing proportion year, day after day or quarter after quarter that is BYUD and FIS, which, which obviously command lower uh, ABPU. So that's really the reason why you see that dilutive effect um, with respect to FIS and, and, and the BYUD programs. And I would add to that, uh, you know, with, with teleworking, obviously people are more relying on their Wi-Fi than they were relying in the past. In the past, they were relying more on the on their wireless packages, and they don't need as much big package as they needed in the past, you know, and I think it's really circumstantial related to the pandemic. And once the pandemic will be over and people will start to, you know, go outside and travel and, and, and visit people, I think that we're going to get back to higher, you know, higher packages or bigger packages, and obviously that will also help on, on the ABPU. And I would finish by saying the good thing is that on a year-over-year -year basis, inbound ABPU for both Vidotron Mobile and FIS is going up. So once you know our, our our base stabilizes with respect to FIS and the total base, I think for sure you're going to see ABPU growth. Thanks, uh, Jeff. Um, hi, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> From AF to Jeff. Good afternoon. <laughs> um, well, so uh, Jeff, I, I guess that uh, you know you were aware and uh, knows about uh, you know. When we entered the, the wireless business 10 years ago, uh, as you know, we entered in, as, as a MVNO, um, and we entered uh, because we thought that you know it will make sense um, in the future to be a facility-based operator. Uh, this is why you know we made um, a lot of representations in Ottawa uh, to make sure that uh, at the end of the day we'll have the capacity to buy Spectrum, and which is you know the the beginning of of being a, a facility-based operator. Uh, I think that we were successful to convince uh, the different politicians that if they were looking to have competition in Canada, a fourth operator is required, and you know, to get this requirement, uh, you then have uh, the desire or the requirement of having a um, set-aside spectrum auction. And that took place, and from there, you know, we. We, we built, but you will remember that, well, maybe you were not, but, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we were looking to have a national brand, um, and uh, it became throughout the auction that it became very competitive. Um, at the beginning, you know, we, we saw, in fact, uh, Shaw uh, bidding on a portion of Spectrum on the western side of the country. And um, we, uh, because of this situation, we decided that you know, we're not going to go against Shaw. They're, they're, they are their natural territory. 
And so um, we concentrated on uh, Ontario and Quebec. At that time, you will remember that with this Global Eye, we found out being funded by um, a foreign company, Orescom, um, and you know they paid, uh, remember, over $500 million for the spectrum they, they acquired. Uh, so we also there, uh, discipline we are and discipline we were, um, not going to participate in prices that we were considering not making sense um, financially. So uh, we wanted the 40,000, the 40 uh, uh, megahertz available on the spectrum set aside in Quebec and start operating. Uh, as of today, you know, I think that we've been uh, we've been quite successful. We have 1.4 million customers uh, after 10 years. Uh, that I've been able to fuel our growth. You just, well, and to the, the, the answer of, of Jean-Francois, um, you know, there, there's a certain limit for us to continue to consider that we will continue to grow uh, the kind of growth that we've been experiencing in the past. So here we are, you know, in front of this opportunity. Um, there are three regulatory bodies that will have to review the transaction um, regarding Shaw and Rogers on the wireless side. I think the evidence has been made that uh, if uh, you want to have competition and you have lower prices, which also on top of that uh, is a matter of what politicians will, will look at, then a foreign operator is doing the job. It was done in Quebec and Competition Bureau came in with a report it's not our numbers, it's Competition Bureau numbers that, you know, it's shown uh, pricing was better for consumers in Quebec than elsewhere. Uh, it's true that for the last few years, uh, this trend took place also in the, um, the Freedom, Freedom Mobile footprint, um, but uh, I guess that uh, if uh, Rogers was to buy uh, Freedom Mobile, uh, you know, this trend will completely disappear, as you will not have a fourth operator in Quebec if Rogers was to buy Videotron in 2000. So, you know, we have the CRTC, we have ICED, and we have Competition Bureau that will review all this transaction, um, and uh, we certainly have uh, Rogers with a high desire to close this transaction uh, as, as quick as possible because, you know, time is money and then therefore um, you know, we will be ready to uh, consider or to negotiate what could be a fair price uh, for, for, for this asset. We will probably not be alone. You know, I, I, don't, uh, I don't think it will be the case, but we certainly have, you know, all the entire expertise to, to run a, a wireless operator um, and the capacity uh, of doing so successfully. Uh, we have the, the balance sheet. Uh, as you know, you know we've been, we've been through seven times that EBITDA at the beginning. Um, we uh, had obligations um, not so long ago of buying back the case state, which is now behind us. And we have the best balance sheet uh, of, uh, of the industry. So I would say that you know all of those aspects are positioning us quite favorably for for our next step. Great, thank you both.
Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. If you would like to ask a question, please press seven pound on your phone. Again, that's seven pound to ask a question. Oh, we have another one. Oh. Is there another question, uh, operator? Operator, is another one? Yes, there, we do have. One moment, please. I'll just queue. All right, there's one. I'll just queue. All right, thank you. So you can handle for your music. One moment, please. The next question is from Jerome Debray. Thanks for taking my questions, uh, Jeff. Uh, congratulations uh, for your accomplishment and good luck in your future endeavors as well. Uh, first, uh, on maybe on your Jeff departure, uh, Gal, I'm sure you were already very much involved in decisions at Videotron, but maybe can you describe your recent involvement and uh, how you foresee this, this could change going forward? And then second, uh, on CapEx, a two-part question. Uh, you said in past quarters, but we're holding off a bit on CapEx due to regulatory uncertainty. Uh, there's still regulatory uncertainty for sure, but do you feel you have uh, the visibility needed now uh, with the MVNO decision uh, maybe to step up CapEx? And uh, is your participation in the Quebec government program, Connect Rural Areas, already included uh, in the CapEx guidance you, you provided on, on the last call? Um, good. Um, uh, thank you, Jérôme. Uh, well, um, yeah, I guess that uh, you're right to say that uh, you know um, uh, I've been uh, involved in uh, uh, the I would let's 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 call it the supervision, but obviously also as you can imagine, you know, decision making um, at the Dautron. I think that you know with um, for for the last uh, decades, I would say that you know we've been building. Um, teams um, around uh, our operation in the Dautron. Um, it's natural thing that you know we see uh, people retiring and being replaced. Um, I think uh, you know what we can use as an example is um, you know, Daniel Pro, which was our engineer vice president, uh, went to retirement. He was replaced by his number two, uh, Mohamed Drif, uh, which is. Now our VP, and it, you know, life goes on, uh, but there's a permanent thing, which is you know the discipline that we've been able to put uh, in the company for the last uh, 20 years. Um, you were probably not there, Jerome, but you know what we said in 2000 was that you know uh, we will reduce our debt and we will increase our EBITDA. Uh, that that's a quite simple formula. Um, but basically, you know, that, that, that's what we did. And, you know, 20 years later, after also, you know, increasing and in, um, adding 
a new, uh, well, few other segments because uh, never forget that you know in 2000 at the beginning the internet access was uh, not the size that we have today, and we didn't, we were not in, in fact in, in wireline telephony at all, uh, and we were far from being in the wireless. We built all this, we built all this together with the team uh, that we built uh, throughout the years with with the expertise. Uh, and this expertise is there also to continue to give us opportunity to grow in the future. So when I'm talking about discipline, and this is probably also one of the reasons of our success, and one of the reasons that you know we've been being successful in the formula I mentioned earlier regarding increasing EBITDA and reducing debt, uh, is that we were disciplined in capital expenditures, and we will continue to do so. Um, I think it's important to make sure that we will spend where it's worth um, as much as possible to, to spend. And I guess that you know you've been uh, raising a very interesting um, example, which is Région Branchée 2. Uh, I guess that you're familiar uh, with the Quebec situation and the news. Um, so, you know, we were awarded the largest uh, stake in the new uh, program Région Branchée. And as you know, uh, Internet access is considered as an essential service. Uh, we've been successful also in our complaints in front of the CRTC against Bell uh, in our desire and requirement to uh, put our network on their poles. Uh, this will deliver you know, very interesting result at a very lowest, lower price. Uh, so we look forward to continue the same philosophy that had been built and that had been established for the last 20 years. Thank you. I think the next question is from David. One moment, please. Our next question is from David. Go ahead, please. Oh, <laughs> David, we, we can't pronounce your last name, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we know who you are. Well, we know who you are, yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a toughie. Um, anyways, um, just on the mobile net ad, 22,000 in the quarter, um, I noticed, you know, you obviously said that the uh, – your share of the growth ads were 30% plus, but uh, I thought last quarter you might have been a little disappointed with your mobile net ads, and I was just wondering, uh, this quarter, is it the same? Are you, are you happy with that with that level of net ads of 22? And I was wondering if you could disclose some other wireless metrics that you usually disclose, such as churn and the wireless EBITDA growth. Thank you. Yeah. Uh well, let, let, let me give you a few a few factors that, that, that I, I believe explain our 22,000 or lower growth than uh, than uh, last year, and, and obviously sequentially. Sequentially, it's easy to understand because our business is seasonal, and you know it. You know, Q4 is a very active uh, is very active market. You have uh, the Boxing Day, uh, you have uh, you have the Black Friday promotion, so it's it's a very active quarter. 
Um, so sequentially, I guess it's just normal that we're seeing a lower growth. But if you look at the you know year over year, obviously this year we had half half of the quarter where we were in lockdown and the stores were closed. Um, last year, obviously the pandemic started mid March, so it was only two weeks, you know, essentially of a of lockdown and, and, and closed stores. So it obviously had an impact. Um, and as you know, in wireless, since we are the challenger, when the market is slow, uh, you know, we tend to show slower growth than the previous year because the market is too slow. Um, the good thing, I believe, is that, uh, is that uh, in, you know, despite the slow market, we continue to grab you know, more than 30% share of growth ads, so, and, and churn is stable. So it's not like you know, churn is, uh, is, uh, is growing or increasing and then we're losing our customer. Not at all. Churn is, is, is stable this, uh, this quarter compared to the, last quarter, the same quarter last year. Um, one, one other thing I would add is with the reopening of the stores mid-February, uh, what we've seen is, and I, I think I told that, uh, I, I said the same in the third quarter of last year, you know, following the reopening of the stores in, uh, in, uh, in late June, you know, I, once again, we sort of, we sort of saw or uh, witnessed some kind of panic from, uh, from our competitors with the, you know, crazy promotions on handset cost, um, and we, did, we didn't play that game. In fact, I think that one thing that characterizes us is really that we're able to achieve a balance between uh, operating income that is growing and subs that are growing. You know, we don't want you know, to kill our operating income just because we're chasing customers and, and, and doing the same as, uh, you know, our, the big three are doing essentially. Um, so I think uh, you know that is something that is very important to understand this balance. That the, that is it's not an easy task, but I think we're we're we're, we're able to uh, to achieve this uh, this uh, balance. And I would finish by saying that the following thing, you know, in in 2014 there was a break, you know, some kind of a breakout in our business when we launched our LTE network. We got the Apple phone. We we innovated. Uh, with you know by creating the biggest data buckets in Canada, and that essentially allowed us to improve our share of growth ads from the mid the mid teens to low twenties. And then in, in 2018, we went with another innovation uh, or another thing that is that was uh, different to to our customers, which was FID, a new operating model, a new business model, a new brand. And, and we're, we've been able to grow from you know the low 20s to the low 30s our share of growth has, and I think now we're ready for you know a next a next phase of growth. Um, and one thing that we're uh, essentially working on is the uh, equipment install, installment plan. We're working on this initiative, and I think it's going to be a new thing that will again uh, you know uh, broaden our addressable market, and will probably uh, and I believe will uh, will improve our share of growth ads further. And, and on top of that, Fizz, as you probably know, is, uh, is now offering assets, which, you, which Fizz wasn't in the past, again, broadening our addressable market. I think future is great when, in terms of uh, subscriber growth. And I'm not disappointed, on a, you know, obviously on an absolute basis, you know, somewhat you can be disappointed with the, with the growth ads, but I think that on a relative basis and based on the market that we have in Quebec, it's a very, 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 very strong performance. Okay. And then can you comment on why let's see the dog growth? Um, high teams. High teams? Okay, thank you. And then just on um, just on TVA's board, because uh, TVA's not home, having a conference call now, 
maybe a question for Pierre-Carl. Um, so I was just wondering, what's the latest with uh, achieving a higher sub fee from Bell for TGA Sports? Because I think they're really underpaying you compared with everybody else. Uh, well, it's a never-ending story, uh, David, with uh, uh, with uh, with Bell as a um, as a uh, distributor and as a broadcaster and as a competitor of TVS Paul. Uh, it's true for the uh, the sports segment, but uh, it's true also for for the other um, uh, channel specialty channels and what we call the fair market value. Um, we've been able, you know, to negotiate uh, prices with all the other distributors, and um, you know, for for a reason which we consider is easily understandable. You know, the same kind of agreements are not able to be reached uh, with uh, with Bell as a distributor. Um, so this is why, you know, we've been in front of the CRTC, and we've been in front also of of the court. Um, to be able to establish what we consider being fair market value. Uh, it's a long process. Uh, we've been through this process, you know, uh, uh, 15 years ago when uh, Bell desired, you know, decided that they will uh, not follow the, the rules uh, and the, the fair business practices in terms of, of piracy. And you, you will remember, um, David, that uh, in 2015, the appeal court of Quebec uh, condemned uh, Bell to pay $140 million because of that to Vidéotron and TVA. So um, it's, it's unfortunate to say that that will end as uh, I began. Is It's a never-ending story with Bell. Okay, so we're not waiting on any CRTC decision or anything. It's just kind of still kind of status quo. Right now, it's yeah. the status quo, and it's in front of the federal court. Oh, federal court. Okay. All right. And then lastly, a question for Oog. Uh, can you just update us what the CapEx plan is for 2021? Uh, no, no, no change in our, uh, in our CapEx uh, guidance for the year. Yeah, can you can you remind us what it is? Uh, six, 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 six hundred to six fifty. Right? For Vidotron. Yeah, for Vidotron, exactly. That's the only guidance we, we gave out. Okay. All right, thank you. Thank you very much. Our next question comes from Vince Valentini. I'm in your line now. Hey, thanks very much. Um let me just stay on the CapEx for a second. Hugh, I'm not sure we, we uh, answered Jerome's question from earlier on how much this these new rural households, the 37000 that you've won in partnership with the government, um, how much that will cost you. And it, does none of that spend start to happen this year, or is it not big enough to change your CapEx budget, even if it is this year? Yeah, I can take that one, Vince. So, so uh, you know, obviously... It's a it's a pay as you go as you can imagine, but we'll, we've been assisted or we are assisted from uh, from uh, subsidies standpoint. We are assisted by the government, and our part of the deal, um, I wouldn't say is is uh, is minimal, but it's it's not that material 
on a two-year basis because obviously our investment will be spread over two years. So uh, there, there won't, we won't see any change in our guidance because of this uh, program. Um, you know, mostly for 2021, it, it, won't, it won't affect our budget. Okay, thanks, Jeff. I know, by the way, best of luck to you, uh, Jeff. You've been fantastic to work with over the years. I shouldn't be remiss in, in saying that as well. Um, second question, internet revenue uh, up 6.4% uh, this quarter. That's uh, more than double what you were doing through, through most of 2020, and it's nice to see. Can, can you talk to that a little bit? Is, is it just some delayed rate increases that finally went through, or... Is there a bit more usage by your customers moving to higher tiers or perhaps a bit more promotional discipline in the market so you don't have to have as many subs on, on heavy discounts? Uh, if you can just talk to what the key drivers are, that would be great. Sure. The two things I would say, the two, the two major things are obviously our price increases. So as you know, our price increases were effective March 1st, so we, we got one month of, uh, of those uh, price increases kicking in. And uh, they were to the level of four to six percent, approximately, depending on the kind of package. Um, so you know, it's obviously had an impact. The second thing is, you're right, with, you know, uh, in mentioning that uh, people are looking for higher tier, uh, you know, services. Uh, and teleworking is obviously, uh, you know, a source for that. Um, so we're seeing people subscribing to uh, higher tiers packages. Yes. Excellent. Thank you. And the last question, um, probably for Pierre Carl. In, in your answer to Jeff's question earlier regarding Freedom Mobile, you, you mentioned having to negotiate a fair price for the asset, uh, assuming that it, it does come for sale. Um, I'm wondering about the terms of the deal as much as the price, though. Do you think that you could just acquire what they have and, and then be a standalone wireless player with, with that network and that spectrum position, or is it important to you to also try to gain some sort of network access or network sharing in tandem with any deal that you'd be willing to do? Well, we're, we're always going to be, uh, you know, open and flexible regarding, you know, different types of transaction. Um, and eventually, you know, uh, uh, possibly any kind of, of, of partnership. Um, also, maybe what we can, we can you know, add uh, on, on all this, and again, I think it's positioning ourselves uh, quite favorably. It's the uh, the MDNO decisions that have been uh, released by the CRTC. Um, I guess that you know the it was inspired by uh, by Kajiko position, but also from also our position, we've been always saying that um, to be fair in, in, in an industry that requires a significant capital expenditure, um, you need to uh, uh, sponsor um, facility-based operators. Uh, and as you know, you know, the CRTC decisions obliging any kind of MDNO of a commitment to build your own um, network uh, in a certain period of time. In fact, it's, it's seven years. So here we are in, in, in front of a, uh, a, you know, a, a market and condition, a regulatory market with proper conditions 
that's giving us, you know, the, also the availability of, of growing our, um, our business at certainly, you know, probably at, at the, uh, the speed or the rate that uh, we will consider being uh, the best way to do so. And in front of us, you also have you know, this, this fourth operator that may be or must be uh, considered for sale regarding uh, competition purpose and meeting expectations from regulatory bodies. So, you know, this also being mentioned, it, it adds on table favorable conditions at uh, the proper level and uh, the, the discipline kind of execution that we're looking for. Fair enough, thank you. Operator, is there another question or? There are no more questions at this time. Excellent. So I, well, thank you, uh, thank you very much um, all and uh, talk to you at next quarter. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes Quebecerinx financial results for the first quarter 2021 conference call. Thank you for your participation and have a nice day. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.